Welcome to the show. It's your boy, Lewis. And it's your boy, Gibby. What's going on, guys? Uh, today, we're going to talk about current events, Habs news, young Kotka. Is he being sheltered? The struggling power play, uh, possibly a trade looming. So we'll talk about possibilities of this, uh, what kind of moves we're going to see with this team moving forward. Amy Johnson will be joining us to talk Laval Roquette. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk some, you know, about around the league chat and all the usual shenanigans. But uh, first, let's start with what has happened since we've been gone. Been gone. So marijuana is officially legal in Canada. Yes. Want to get high? Hey. Want to get high? Want to get high? <laughs> so uh, what do you think? Uh, you indulge? Uh, it's not my style, so... It's not your thing? Not my thing. doesn't affect me. You, pr- you prefer your weed in the liquid? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, you know, happy for all the potheads out there, and, you know, could make some money for the, for the government, and hopefully yeah. you get some kickbacks, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, so, a naked man jumped into a shark tank at the Ripley's Aquarium... In Toronto. And before you say anything, this is the first thing I thought about was this. Snowflake. Here, Snowflake. I've got a little snack for you. <laughs> now, you don't know, do you know what that is? Isn't that uh, Ace Ventura? Ace Ventura, when yeah. he's looking for the dolphin, but yeah, it, yeah. instead he goes into the shark tank. So maybe that's <laughs> what happened to Buddy, right? Maybe. Th- that's exactly Why what I'm thinking. Why is he naked, man? <laughs> well, that I can't explain. Yeah. But maybe he's just trying to find Snowflake. Oh, uh, man, that guy was funny. Uh, apparently, though, he had like an earlier assault or something like that. It's those goddamn edibles. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Kanye West. Visited Big Donnie at the the White House. We've been friends for a long time. I just want to take a picture right now. <laughs> Big Donnie and Kanye. What do you think about that relationship? I'm not even going to get into that. I don't even want to talk about those two. They're Why? Just absolute dummies. <laughs> I I don't like them. <laughs> oh man, a great relationship. It's a great relationship. Uh, the NBA is back, and our boy Kawhi Leonard makes his Raptors debut. Tonight against the post-LeBron Cavaliers. <laughs> Our buddy Kawhi, what do you think? Is it Kawhi or isn't it Kawhi? Kawhi, whatever. Kawhi, Kawhi, same thing. Kawhi. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a basketball Kawhi guy. not? Uh, I don't know. Clever. Is the real question. Clever. Uh, I hope they do well. They're, they have a, good, uh, have a good squad. Yeah. There's only one thing I want to hear, and I know you want to hear it too. Get that cabbage out of here! <laughs> <laughs> the classic. Get Jack Armstrong. Get that cabbage out of here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like uh, NBA. I'm not a huge, huge fan, but I like it. Uh, it's nice to have all sports 
coming back at full force. Mm-hmm. Uh, Montreal group is talking about the NBA. They're they're working on uh, they're pushing anyway, and they want to be prepared for an NBA team. Yeah, give me a name. What what would the name be for an NBA team in Montreal? Uh, the Montreal Ice Bears. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, the Montreal Mon- Mon- Ice Birds. No? Why the birds? Ice Hawks. Ice Hawks? Uh, Montreal Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> Montreal Fisher Cats. Hey, that's good. I don't know. Fisher Cats. I like them. It has to be something like different, like Olympics or Montreal Expos. Trotters de Globe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I don't think it would work. I don't think it's going to happen, but we'll see. Only yeah. time will tell. Yeah. Conor McGregor was in attendance at the Cowboys game and took the field for warm-ups. And, wow, what an arm that guy has. He has. Uh, he's probably going to get the guaranteed money. <laughs> he's probably going to get the guaranteed <laughs> money with that arm. <laughs> Gee, it's a terrible throw. If you don't know, look it up. Yeah, watch it. It's brutal. Conor McGregor. Uh, throwing a football, terrible. I, I, it's just, it's terrible. My can, nephew, I my five-year-old probably, nephew, can do better. I could probably throw left-handed better. Yeah, for real. Uh, Jadavian Clowney the other day he pulled down Chris Ivory by his dreadlock, and it's a legal play. How is that a legal play in the NFL? Um, I didn't know that was legal. Yeah, it was a legal play. There's no, they. I guess they kind of don't want to promote people with long hair. Yeah, but I guess it's, so. It's literally a legal play. It's uh, that's probably a painful tackle. Don't grow dreadlocks, man. I, I guess that's what they what the league wants, but still, I think that they should do something to change that policy. Uh, this is a good, a feel good story. Three hundred and fourteen days after Ryan Shazier was carted off the field with a career threatening spinal injury, he walked back on as a spectator. Yeah. Uh, this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Good for him. That was a big moment. Yeah, it was. I think it was a nice moment for uh, Steelers fans and just a nice moment for all football fans. It was mm-hmm. nice to see him, and it's nice to see him recovering, a guy who was said to never, never walk, walk again. again. Yeah, so, uh, and his family still believes that he might play again. Wow. So wishing him uh, health, and uh, hopefully he recovers, and we see him on the football field again. Hell of a player. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Price continues his struggles again, but the bats uh, back him up. But he's still without uh, without a playoff win. Yeah, his team won, but he didn't get the win. So I don't know. What do you? How do you feel about that? Like David Price, just he's, take him out of the bullpen, bring him out of the bullpen now. Don't give him another start. Um, as things you know get tighter, you gotta. Can go you really your, depend yeah. on him? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Hey, maybe he's gonna get the. It's gonna be game seven. They're gonna roll with him in the World Series, and he's gonna throw a perfect game. Yeah, I know, right? But that's what for everything. I think that's the hope that we all have, or not we all, because I don't care. I'm not a Boston fan. I'm a Blue Jays fan. But I think that's the hope that their fans have is that maybe he's gonna. This is the one. This is the game he's gonna have. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. So just a MLB playoff update. Uh, Boston leads Houston two one. With a you know familiar face yesterday, Roberto Osuna giving up a grand slam in the eighth, mm-hmm. um, and then the Dodgers tied it up two two against the Brewers in a thirteen inning barn burner, just a crazy one. Yeah, so it's always nice. So those those wins in the playoffs must feel so sweet. Yeah, especially walk offs. A thirteen or, uh, inning win, like yeah. <laughs> like nobody wants to lose that. It must be so draining. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, independent arbitrator, he re- reduced Austin Watson's 27-game suspension to 18. How do you feel about that? And the girl, his girlfriend did come out and defend him in a statement saying that he did not abuse uh, me and this and that. But why was there a suspension to begin with? Yeah, and you, we kind of spoke about this a couple of weeks ago with Osuna. What is she going to say? If, yeah. if he's not allowed to play, he's not making money, to, and if they're still together, you think that she's going to take money out of his pocket? Yeah, no, exactly. So, I don't know. Uh, I honestly think 27 games. How do, you, how do you feel? Like, should they be able to have independent arbitrators? Like, I guess it gives... Uh, the players in the NHL a little bit of an option. I don't know. I think it's kind of dumb. But I guess that's that's the players' union fighting for the yeah. players. So anyway, it is. It is I don't know the full details, so I really can't comment much. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I, much I know about that it. it caused a huge stir. That's yeah. what I know. Yeah. And again, this is something that shouldn't be taken lightly. That's how I feel. But yeah, that's why I'm saying I think 27 games was a little light, and the fact that they reduced it was kind of stupid. But we don't know the full deal, the full details of it all. Yeah, so. it's just a bad look though, because and then you you also had member, uh, what's his name coming back, uh, Voinov, Slava yeah, Voinov, who was like guy. about to come back. The NHL approved him to come back. It's just I a think, bad look. I think that looks worse. The the Voinov thing looks worse. Well, this, it did. This is an independent arbitrator, right? So he didn't. The NHL didn't necessarily reduce the the, the games. They didn't, but still, this they type of process it, right? it still affects him, and they overrule the NHL, so that still gives them a bad look. Yeah, you know, um, young promising prospect Elias Pettersson got taken down by Mike Matheson. Mike Matheson followed through with the hit. He's out with a concussion. Matheson suspended two games. What did you think about that play? I think it was a stupid play. Like, he, like, chokeslammed the poor kid. Clean hit. Bad clean, Bad, bad follow-through. Bad follow-through. Yeah. Shouldn't have followed through that much, but it happened. And I hope he recovers because he was having a great start to the season. Yeah, Matheson did come out saying, hey, you know, I understand. He said that he thought it was a clean hit, he, but he understands what the league is trying to do and clean up the game. So he's, mm-hmm. he kind of came out and, and he, acknowledged think, that a bit. I think he was trying to kind of like stand him up with it, like kind of like stiff arm him in the chest. And it yeah. kind of came out. It kind of like got wrapped yeah, up. Yeah, it's okay to do that when you're standing. But when yeah. the guy's already heading down and you yeah, kind of just yeah. uh, you kind of increase the momentum, that that's a bad play. But it happens so fast sometimes you're not yeah, thinking. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, you see PK, a guy like P.K. Subban do that all the time where he's like, where he's throwing that arm at you, mm-hmm. but it's more when you're standing. Again, I think two games is okay. Yeah. Uh, Justin Schultz is out four months with a fractured leg after landing awkwardly. Yeah, the I didn't. battle with Plakanich, it was a weird, weird play. Was it? Yeah, just just awkward play. Yeah. Just, so like, that's that's the where he fractured his leg then? Yeah, on that play. Wow. Yeah, weird play. Four months, wow. <laughs> yeah, man. That's tough. That's a, that's a big loss. Yeah. Uh, let's get into some Habs news now. So the Habs home opener honored the 93 Stanley Cup champions. Did you see it? What'd you no, think? What'd man, you think? I didn't see it. You didn't I was see trying, it. I was trying to get a feed. Nothing was working. My internet started crapping out because I only... Stop I don't, going cheap. I don't use cable. I think cable's... <laughs> Way overpriced, so I use my Android box IPTV. Shout G- out Gibby's IPTV. like cheering goals ten minutes after we already know. No, the score. it's actually it's actually not too bad. It's actually two second delay. I'm like Gibby, it's four three. What? what zero zero. It's only one nothing where I am. 
No, it's not too bad. You're right. right. No, I have only, IPTV. It's only it's too. only like a two second delay. I, I did the. I have IPTV just for movies and other things, but sports. Yeah. I have to have the sports package. I'm just. I have to be watching things real time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't get to see it. Um, uh, I can't even say I liked it. So I, I saw like little snippets. Um, what's his face looked a little rough. Um, Damaris. The, yeah. Yeah, but it's nice to see him. At yeah. least he's there. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of Andrew Shaw's comments? I okay. <laughs> I get what he's trying to say. So do you know what the comments were? He said it was basically like, "Who wants to celebrate twenty years of losing? Twenty five years of losing." Yeah. It's like okay, I get it, but like you're still you're there. They were a great team. You got to honor the great team. But like I get it. Like we haven't won and we haven't done anything really good in twenty five years. You know what I mean? So it's kind of just like. You're like celebrating. Oh yeah, we haven't won in 25 years, right? It's kind of yeah. I get where he's coming. I from. get what he's saying, but it it lo- it comes off yeah worse yeah, than it is. And I I'm get sure it, I get it. the media just jumped all over it. And I think it was it more like a thing saying like, "Hey, we got to be better. We got to play yeah. better." Kind of. Uh, Dan Robertson, who is a play-by-play man on uh, TSN six uh, radio, uh, TSN six ninety radio, um, confirmed that. Armia likes his first name to be pronounced Yoel. Yeah. So not Joel. Yeah. Not Joel. 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 Joel Armia. Armia. Uh, Habs prospect Caden Primu uh, turned aside 49 and 51 shots against in two starts. That included a 25 save shutout on Saturday night. So he's off to a good start. Uh, And the CIBC, Canada versus Russia series. Habs have Cam Hillis and Nick Suzuki to represent Team OHL. Mm -hmm. They have Josh Brook and Scott Walford representing Team WHL. And Joel Teasdale representing Team QMJHL. So some good prospects to watch in that series. And it's nice to have some guys participating. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Habs captain Shea Weber introduced a Game of Thrones slash Harry Potter style coat, I guess, for a player yeah. of the game. Did you see Tatar wearing that the other night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. It was classic. I didn't know exactly what was going on until it was explained. I just thought Tatar liked to dress flashy. Yeah. I want, I want, I, he's like, <laughs> oh the, no, this is just my coat for yeah, after. This is my post game. <laughs> Does he even have a strong, he doesn't have that strong of an accent. Mm, not that much. This is not my that strong, but a little game bit. one. Um, yes, we are going to Bonanote. <laughs> So they do it after every game, do they not? I guess uh, when there's a player of the game. I, yeah. yeah. I guess uh, Weber's trying to kind of get the, the the group together a little bit, locker room a little bit looser. That, mm. Like, it's a little comedic thing. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, Thomas Plakanich hey. played his 1,000th game in the league. I wore a turtleneck. I wore his jersey. I'm actually going to wear his jersey again tonight. Yeah? Yeah, to celebrate Tom, Tomas. Tomas. Um. Drew N on Wallet jumping in. So uh, Wallet jumped in for Drew N mm-hmm. on a fight. Yeah. And this is what Drew N said. He said, you know, we're a tight knit group. We're a close group. We're going to stand up for each other. Uh, he said, it's not like last year. Wow. How do you feel about that? I, uh, I and I, I said it from the beginning. I said it from the beginning, right? I said, we're going to... It's like the whole vibe of the team, even in camp, it felt different. It feels different. I feel like everybody's, like, more energetic. They Everybody's, like, joking. Everybody's looser. I felt like last year everybody was kind of just, like, like 
stomping. I don't know how to explain it. They were kind of just like stepping on eggshells. Like they didn't know yeah. what to do, what to say. So I mean, it looks, it looks, it looks promising. I like it. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of shots fired, but it, it is. I just feel like, I don't know if management told these guys to be preaching this. Yeah, but it definitely. I mean, hey, it there the results show that there is a change. You know. Anyway. It's time for us to get into the show. Today's song of the day is Seal, Kiss from a Rose. And that song is dedicated to Jacob De La Rose. It's yeah. a kiss from the Rose. A kiss to him. A kiss to us. Okay. Kisses all the... <laughs> kisses <laughs> all around. I think that's a perfect song. It was. It was for, good. For him. Um, and naturally, we would jump right into this topic, which is JDLR was lost to the Red Wings on waivers. Is he the next Lars Eller, or is he more of a Yuri Seacotch type of player who will end up in Europe eventually? I think uh, you're looking that that's sea catch is a crazy analysis, <laughs> like crazy comparison. Why? Come they, on, they were so high on sea catch. Yeah, but he was like a signing from Russia or wherever yeah, the heck yeah, he yeah. was, and JDLR was drafted. And JD, dude, JDLR has been around for like I feel like he's been around for like 19 years. Like, <laughs> but he's still only like 23. Like, what's going on? Where's time gone? Um. I think I'm not 100% sure on the Detroit Red Wings depth at center or I don't actually I don't even know where they're going to exactly use him if they're going to use him at center if they're going to use him at the wing. I think he'll be okay. I think he'll I think he'll do fine in in um in Detroit. Now, I think it's a good I think it's a good move. I I think I think, <coughs> I think he was the odd man out. Yeah, and I know I a think, lot of people I th- wanted to you know Pekka over him. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess uh, the coaching staff sees something in Pekka. I like his. I like Pekka's vision. His vision, and, and it showed last uh, last game. He's got some work defensively to do. Pekka. Yeah, like yeah, d- Jacob does. De La Rose is way better defensively. Yeah. but it's the offensive upside that you're you're kind of looking at. Yeah. Um, I, th- I me personally, I think JDLR is going to end up being an Andre Ghetto type Alphagetti type of guy, where he might put up some points here and there, and people are like, "Hey, look at Jayla, look, J- look at what Jacob's doing," <laughs> yeah. but then kind of just fade away. He's he's a depth guy. He's going to be a depth guy. He's going to be a guy who plays on your third, fourth line. I mean, I don't think they wanted to lose him. I don't think they did. But at the end of the day, they, somebody had to go down, and right now, that's the guy. Yeah. So I don't know who you want to blame it on. Mismanaging at the beginning of the year. Maybe they should have sent him earlier mm-hmm. instead of McCarron and let McCarron stay with the big club and rot away in the press box. I don't know. <laughs> right? Like, it's hard to say. At this yeah. point in time, though, at this point in time, I think it was the right move. Yeah. Now, Kotka Niemi is on the team. Doesn't look like he's going anywhere. Do you agree with how he's been used so far? I mean... Honestly, I think this is what you want at this point. You, you like you, everybody's saying, "Oh, play him more." I I don't agree with that. I you don't want to overplay the kid. Potentially have him injure himself and he's going to miss time. Uh I looked at his ice time. He's averaging around 14 minutes a game. 
For forwards, that's an average time over the past four games. Seeing as how Julian likes to roll the four lines. He's been known to always roll four lines. Um, I think with Jacob De La Rose getting out on waivers and sent down, we may be seeing signs of Kotka Niemi playing full-time with the Habs all season. Yeah, um, it seems like that. Yeah, I personally, I still don't like the idea simply because I feel for his, his development's sake, him going back for a year will benefit him more. I'm I'm just very it's a very sensitive topic for me when talking about him staying the, for the full year because I don't want another Alex Galche- Galchenyuk situation. Have him play the full year. Yeah, but this kid is different. You can no, just tell off I, the I, jump. He's I know, so different. I know, I know. I just I don't want it to happen again. I don't want him to play the full year. Then we notice he can't play center. We move him to the wing. Like I get it. It's different. He's got a lot. He's just everything about him scream center compared to Galchenyuk. I'm just nervous that it's going to happen again. Um, the kid looks fantastic nonetheless, but I think if we are going to use him more, it'll, be, it'll mean that Julian will have to avoid rolling those four lines, giving the top two lines more minutes, which I'm not a fan of because these four lines, they're a part of a system that, that the, the coaching staff's clearly trying to implement yeah. with the high energy Yeah, they got to think about life after yeah, him too if he does go back. Exactly. And I feel like with the high energy game, I feel like adding more minutes to the top lines, it might fatigue them more and we won't get that full effect that it looks like the HAB coaching staff is trying to implement. So I'm okay. For now, I think I'm okay with having him play those minutes. Listen, this guy's Shane Corsi and Fenwick Park... <laughs> Are out of this world, okay? Yeah. So I don't know why he ain't playing more. You see the numbers. You see the stats. I mean, okay. I don't necessarily agree with the way he's been used. I don't think it's going to affect his development, though. I I don't think so. I don't think it's going to be like Alex Galchenyuk. This kid is different. I really see he's just smarter. I'm not he's saying, just smarter. I'm not saying it's going to be like that. I'm just scared that it might become like that. I think like that, that this kid, even playing like this, is soaking it all in. One thing I'd like to see is is in a game like Detroit... Give him some more opportunity. Give him some more ice time. Give him some uh, defensive zone uh, face-offs. Give mm. him some tougher minutes. That's what I'd like to see from him. And what I'm starting to see, though, now is it's starting to look very similar to how Victor Mete was used last year. And I know it's a different position, but same type of thing, right? Um, I think that they might end up going down the same path where he stays with the team, send him down for the, to the World Juniors for Finlandia, Come back, let the kid come back, tear it up, you know. Habs make the playoffs, win the cup. No, I'm, you know. <laughs> but I think at this rate, I, can, I can't see him going back. I, I just feel like he, he just looks so at home. Um, I know it's still a huge possibility that he might go back, but I don't see it happening. And I don't see the problem in them handling him like they did Mete last season with sheltered minutes, situational yeah. play. Um, it hasn't really hurt Mete's development, even though he might be out of the lineup tonight and he's not off to a great start. Mm-hmm. But uh, this kid is just smarter. I think that over time, being with the team is not going to hurt him. I don't think he's one of those prospects. I think either way, I'm, I'll be happy with any decisions. But so far, I'm not mad at it. But if we start to see it go down... I mean, the kid has shown that he, he's capable of, of playing in, in all opportunities look at the first two games Mm -hmm. against toronto that's where he looked the best because he was given the opportunity now they're taking it away from him i don't get it he hasn't deserved that right 
Yeah. So I'd like to see them give him a little more of a chance. But then again, these guys get paid the big bucks. We're just a couple podcasters sitting in my basement waiting for yeah. the game to start. Yeah, so exactly. What do we know? Yeah. Um, okay, this is an issue. What the hell is up with the power play? Is there an in-house solution to the problem? Um, the power play, I feel like we're unable to establish the zone. And we're not, I feel like we're cycling, we're not cycling the puck enough, holding, we're holding onto the puck a bit too much and allowing the opposition to set up and defend. Now, for the in-house solution, Lewis, of course, there's an in-house solution. His name is Shea Weber, okay? <laughs> the quarterback to our offense. Um, I think if you have him, you add another threat, which is his shot from the back end. Yeah. Where right now our offense is a little bit too predictable. You have Petrie who misses the net 19 out of oh six times. Oh, my God, times. man. I want to pull out my hair every time. Yeah, he cannot hit the net, bro. So it's just like they kind of – I feel like the opposition knows this, that we don't have exactly a shot from the back end right now. So they kind of collapse a little bit down low more, hovering around the slots, and they just break down. They know down. we don't have yeah, a shot. They, they know we down. don't have a shot. So I feel like once we get Weber back, that could add – to the offense. Yeah, because they got to defend play, that. Right? They shot. also have to defend that, and everything's going to... Even if even if Weber doesn't have... Like, get the shots, doesn't score, it opens up for everybody else. It adds yeah. that extra threat, right? So, hopefully, once we get Weber back in December, our power play picks up, because my hot take was it's not <laughs> looking good right now. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey. Mr. Mr. Jeffrey. My name is Jeff. Jeff. Uh, you want me to call you Jeff? Jeff. Okay, I'll call you Jeff. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Jeff Petrie, man, don't shoot the puck ever on the power play. Please don't. I am going to open up a GoFundMe for Jeff Petrie and hire him a point shot tutor, a rock'em sock'em collection, the whole damn package to help this guy learn to shoot. Like you've been in the league long enough, learn to shoot the puck. I would try Riley or Willette over him, to be honest. They need to figure out a strategy, okay, on this power play. It's not working. Don't let him shoot the puck. I think you need Obviously, Shea Weber is the answer, because I agree with you. You have Shea Weber taking shots from the point. People have to defend that. You're opening up the, the half wall, okay? I like Druan or Tatar playing on those half walls, okay? Lekkanen, Kokaniemi, those type of guys there. Guys like Gallagher, uh, Domi, and um, Armia, you can put them in front of the net, okay? Yeah. Um. And I think, you know what I really think? I think that they should go back until Weber comes back, even until Weber comes back, go back to the classic two defensemen at the point. Mm -hmm. Keep it the classic two defensemen at the point. I think they work the lines better. Find the two best defensemen with the two best shots or put one good shot, one good passer. So you yeah. put like a Mete with uh, Wallet. How it was with Markov and Weber. Yeah, exactly. Do that. Go back to the classic style. They know how to work the lines better. Put your two you know, sn snipers on the corners and yeah. one guy in front of the net. That's what you got to do. I mean, it's simple. It's not that hard. Go back to the classic two defensemen at the point for now. And even when Weber comes back, maybe if you want to put another forward next to him, fine, because you've got that big bomb. Guys are going to have to defend it. It opens up space for other players. Right now, it's just people know. They know. They don't have a shot. 
Okay, take away these guys over here on the corner here because that's where the offense is coming yeah. from. Let that guy shoot because he can't hit the net. And that's how people are defending us. It's, Too it's, it's embarrassing. They better do something because I swear I'm this close to breaking things <laughs> in the shrine. And I don't want to have to replace them. Okay? I, think, I think the best thing, which game was it? I think you were, oh, it was the Pittsburgh game. Was it? The power play. You were so pissed off and you were freaking out, and then literally like thirty seconds later, they scored. They right? Yeah, like, they scored. Like, I was about to up. walk away. Yeah, I walked away, about to go to the bathroom, and then they score. I'm like, yeah, you know, I was like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, it is what it is. Okay, the busiest GM in the game, the guy who's calling everybody. Eh, uh, he's open for business. Mm-hmm. Healthy bodies are returning. Mark Bergevin has let the league know. He put them on the. He put the league a notice that a forward is available. Now we know we lost JDLR. Uh, do you agree with the decisions that have been made, and what is the right move for the future? What are this team? What's this team going to do? So we essentially chose Pekka over JDLR, right? And we're and Placanich. And Placanich, exactly. So the way I look at it, I believe it is the right move for the future simply because it allows so Placanich is obviously aging. We know that. He probably, in my opinion, if he's signing one year contracts at this point, I don't see him lasting another year or two. I think he might retire after this year. That's just my opinion. And so this is what I gathered from that. If he retires this year, it opens up another slot for a center, okay? So it allows potentially a guy like Paling or... Well, not Paling because they are... Are they not in their last year? Paling could make the team next year. Could yeah, make the so team I, next year. it allow. Okay, I'm not going to use specific names, but it allows a center to... Suzuki or Paling. Suzuki or Paling. Suzuki is probably a better, better example. So they're probably saying... Hey, you know what? Maybe Suzuki is going to be ready next season. Have Plakanich be our guy this year. Mentor the younger guys like Kotkaniemi and whatever. And then once once Plakanich retires, this is all assumption. This yeah. is what I'm assuming. Once Plakanich retires, I thought I saw you talking to Claude earlier, though. I was talking to Claude, <laughs> but it wasn't about that. It was okay, about oh, what so we were going to grab for, oh, for oh, lunch. Oh, for lunch. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, by the way, we had Subway. Um, <laughs> Eat fresh. Meatball subs. Um, no, but honestly, I lost my train of thought, so I'm just going to keep <laughs> rambling until I get my thought. So you have JD, okay, you have JDLR, who's still young, but you're, he, he, you just don't see him slotting in in that position anymore. So you essentially lose him to waivers, which isn't a... It's not a good thing, obviously. You never want to lose a young... Yeah, and I don't think they wanted to. No, they definitely didn't want to. They wanted to probably let him have some time in the HL. But, like I said, it al- I, I think it is the right move for the future um, by choosing Pekka and Placanich, simply because Placanich is on his last couple Yeah, they're not going to do him like that after... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And he, you're right. He, he can provide mentorship yeah that's a word right mentorship yeah yeah we'll, we'll proper mentorship yeah he could provide that for these yeah. young guys we still need veterans don't get me wrong yeah um i think more of getting it's coming down to people who are saying pekka over who do you prefer pekka or de la rose i know you want the bigger more responsible center people are falling in love with the speedy offensive capabilities of Pekka, I understand. I mean, it's still a small sample size. I like what I've seen in spurts from Pekka. Mm-hmm. 
offensively. Haven't seen that really from J- Jacob De La Rose, but I've seen more of a complete game from him. Yeah. So it's hard to make those decisions. I think he doesn't he doesn't fit the system. Where Pekka, maybe, maybe he doesn't, and I'm sure they tried to trade. They tried to make a trade. 100%. For me, I think Andrew Shaw and Plakanich are more of the guys that should be exiting, but that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, even a guy like Carl Alsner, I think that needs to be on the priority list of somebody who needs to exit. You know, but again, I don't see that happening. After that, I mean, Houdon, Sherback, De La Rose, between those three, right? Who who do you want? Uh, like, let me put it this way: You have Shaw, Delorier, Sherback, Pekka, Placanich, Houdon. Give me your best fourth line. Uh, best fourth line. I, based off of fourth line, I'd like Delorier, Placanich, and then you have a young guy there, so you'd have maybe Houdon. So Houdon, and then who's that? It's not, now you have Pekka, Sherback. Um, Who's the uh, sixth? And guy? Shaw. Shaw, yeah. See, Pekka, Sherback, Shaw. Shaw, you look at Shaw, he might get a concussion. So uh, that's why I'm saying there's so, there's too many people. There's too many. There's somebody kids. has to go, and I think if you're gonna trade somebody, you gotta look at trading a guy like Shaw. I know I like Delorier. I think he can play with the pace. He mm-hmm. brings some toughness. I, we can, need that on can, our team. He can move up and down the lineup. We've seen it happen. He We've, can. He, he can. He's capable year. of going d- tops. Third. I'd say third line. Yeah. I think it's time for a guy like Shaw to go. I don't want to give up on Sherback. I think he deserves a shot, but he's not going to clear waivers. He's going to get scooped 100%. Yeah. And I don't know. Pekka is a guy who I think the coaches really like. I like him, but right now there's there's a log jam right here, mm-hmm. and they got to figure it out. And I don't necessarily have the answers. I think that maybe my fourth line maybe would be... <sighs> Probably Delorier, Pekka, Sherback. Give that a go. I mean, at this point, they got to try something. But I don't think it's so. It's I know so Sherback is not a fourth line. Yeah, player. I know, but like you. But you, he's not gonna. He's he. Do, there's no spot for him on this I team. Think, and I don't want to lose think, him. So what happens? I was telling you this earlier. I think uh, Sherback's probably gonna be traded. For but nobody wants right now. They know uh, we're desperate. You don't know that. He I has okay, listen. Upside. I know people say, okay, don't waste Sherback on the fourth line. Fine, I get that rationale, but let's give him a shot on the fourth line. It's it's not a lot of minutes. Mm-hmm. Give him a go. Let him play. Give him some power play time because that's where he's a specialist at that. He's good yeah. at the power play. He's been known for that. Let him try and earn his spot. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. He needs some time. Mm-hmm. You know how the league is nowadays. The fourth line is not just a throwaway line anymore like yeah. it used to be. There's skilled lines out there. There's peop- There's fourth lines that produce. So it's not a waste, in my opinion. you got to see what you have in Sherback before you make this next decision. I think we need to see what he can do before Delorier comes back. Then you find out who you're getting rid of. Is it going to be Pekka? Is it going to be Houdon? Is it Shaw? Somebody's got to go. But you can't do that without seeing what Sherback can do. Mm-hmm. Now, my question to you would be, do you think with those extra guys, you can possibly make a package to acquire a top four guy? Obviously, bearing with picks inside. I don't think so. I don't think so. They're, no? they're stuck. Everybody sees that they're stuck at the, f- at the mm-hmm. bottom of our depth chart here in Montreal who's it's not a deep depth chart by any means mm-hmm. and right now people are not going to bite they're not going to bite and especially if they're not playing i think the the guys to look at are Placanich, Shaw, and Alsner. Those are the three guys that should go, and all these young guys should stay, in my opinion. I, but it's yeah. not going to happen like that. I think at deadline, 
we're going to be trading guys like It's Bukanich. not even about deadline. There's a decision that needs to be made. Mm-hmm. Can we maybe if Carl Alsner plays tonight, I think he is. Mm-hmm. Let's hope that uh he plays well and we can sell him to a West Coast team. We're playing a West Coast team today. It's a bigger, heavier game. Maybe we can sell Carl Alsner or we can sell a team on, hey, he's suited for that style of play, not this style of play. Mm-hmm. So we'll I see. We'll, I guess we'll wait and see. I'd like to see the veterans go, but I think, unfortunately, we're going to end up losing somebody we don't want to see go. And it, I think it's going to either be between Hudon Pekka or Sherback. And yeah. I don't want to see any of those guys go. Yeah. Time will tell. Um, okay, so now it's time for the GOAT and Donkey of the Week. Who's your GOAT of the Week? Okay, so my GOAT of the Week, you kind of raised an eyebrow when I said it, um, but hear me out. My GOAT of the Week is Adam Thielen from the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. So the guys put up 100-plus yards in six consecutive games. Um, pretty impressive. And another little stat here, he's also on pace to beat Marvin Harrison's old record of 143 receptions in the season. Woo. He's got currently he's got fifty-eight through six games, and he is on pace to get about 150 to 155 receptions this year. So pretty impressive. He would be a goat in receptions for the season. So that's where my my uh, thought process came from. Okay. <laughs> he's the goat. He's your goat. Yeah. My goat of the week this week. And uh, I forgot who it is, but let me pull it up because it's uh, here in my notes, and here it is. It's Tom Brady. Yeah. Tom Brady is my goat. He went up against the young lamb, Patrick Mahomes. He showed up to Foxborough, Patrick did. Primetime game. Possibly a passing of the torch game. People were writing off the Patriots again this season and crowning the Chiefs as the AFC powerhouses, but no, it was a shootout in Massachusetts. But you put the ball in Brady's hands, and he marched down the field, and he did it again. The GOAT remains the GOAT. (laughs) And this is coming from a Buffalo Bills fan. It pains me to do this, but GOAT is GOAT. GOAT is GOAT. Okay, who's your donkey of the week? My donkey of the week is none other than Tom Wilson. Um, Different Tom. Yeah, another Tom. Again? Yeah. <laughs> Tommy's making donkeys. I think this is going to be a reoccurring theme. The guy's just a donkey. He's such a donkey. I mean, he, I believe he was interviewed uh, this past week, and he said, I think I need to change my game. A little bit. My, my playing style a little bit. <laughs> you think? Dude, you've been suspended <laughs> like five times in the last four seasons. You think you got to change your style a little bit? No. After the second suspension, you should realize, okay, I should probably buckle down a little bit. <laughs> Maybe avoid get my... It, get it together, bud. Yeah, man. Like, it's just... It, the guy's a donkey. He's such a tool. Like, who... Th- who... Tom, it's, is that you? Is that Tom? <laughs> Tommy Hello? Wilson? Oh, yeah, we have Tom on the air. Uh, Hello? We got Tom Wilson on the show. Uh, Tom, you there? <laughs> okay, Tom. So it looks like you got to change your playing style there, bud. So yeah, we agree with you 100%. Thank you. Thanks for the obvious. <laughs> My donkey of the week is, again, football related. And yes, I'm a Bills fan. Nate Peterman. 
Nate Peterman, bud, figure it out. <laughs> Comes into the game, scores a touchdown. Confidence juices are flowing, bud. Oh, yeah, he's ready to go. Oh, yeah, brother. And uh, game is tied. All right, less than two minutes away from overtime. This guy, instead of being conservative, he throws a telegraphed. I'm talking telegraphed. Okay, pick six. A mm. pick six to l- let them take the lead. Then Kump gets the ball again. What does he do again? What does he do, Lewis? Throws another interception. <sighs> game over. And after the game, he was questioned and... Oh, you know, well, I'm just putting my faith in God, and bud, not even God can help you out of this one. You're done. You're the donkey of the week, man. Conservative. You don't have to throw that ball. Throw it away. Live to fight another play. You, sir, are the donkey. All right. We are going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Have a Listen is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. All right, welcoming now the lead correspondent at the AHL Report. She provides full-time credentialed coverage of the Laval Rocket, and the list goes on and on. It's Amy Johnson. Amy, how are you? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks so much for having me back on the show. It's uh, It's been a while. I'm, I'm happy to be back this season. Awesome. Yeah, I know last time we had a little technical difficulties. We had to cut it short. That's Gibby's fault. But uh, It's always Gibby's fault. We've, in, we've improved the system. <laughs> Everything's always Gibby's fault. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I'm happy to be here. And uh, naturally, we bring you in with a Rocky-themed intro. Had to, right? Naturally. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I, I know we're not going to take too much of your time because you, I know you're actually covering Laval tonight, right? Uh, yes, uh, Laval is uh, playing their fifth game of the season tonight. They'll be hosting the Hartford Wolfpack at Place Bell in, uh, in Laval there. So uh, puck is dropping in just a little while. So, yeah, we're, 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 the Rocket Sports team is, is always running and gunning, let me tell you. Of course, <laughs> of course. Only the best in the biz, Rocket Sports. Okay, so from the small sample size that I've seen, this this team seems to be very similar to the big club. Not a lot of star power, mm-hmm. but more of kind of a get-it-done-by-committee mentality. Is that an accurate assessment, or is there more to this team than meets the eye? 
Well, it's it's interesting that you that you ask that question and and make that connection because because you are really hitting the nail right on the head um, and and you may see during during this segment I'm I'm probably going to reference uh, quite often and and invite listeners to uh, listen to our latest episode of our AHL report podcast, which is called from the press box. Uh, that latest episode just dropped yesterday. And um, some of these things that we're going to talk about today, uh, we talked about yesterday uh, in even greater detail. So this is one of those things that um, Rick Stevens and I, who I, I have the, the pleasure and honor of co-hosting our, our AHL report podcast with our uh, rocket sports media Editor in chief and founder Rick Stevens. The boss. Uh, Rick and He's I the spoke boss. About this. The best boss. He's a boss. <laughs> and, the man. And we celebrated bosses. Yes, Day that's right. I heard. I did hear the podcast, and I I encourage hail, everybody to yes. listen. It was a great another that's great episode. Right. All hail, <laughs> all hail, Rick. He does a great job. Yeah. Um, we talked about this at length yesterday, and frankly, we talk about this on a regular um, kind of occurrence because it seems like every season and sometimes even multiple times a season uh, there are people who get it into they'll, they'll ask a question like that like hey um you know is it is it coincidental that this looks the same in montreal as it does in laval or as in st john's or as in hamilton and the answer has always been yes and that's not by mistake that's by design it's uh, ever since mark bergevin took over his tenure with montreal uh, he has put a basically a protocol into place where the AHL affiliate plays the same systems that the NHL club does. And Mm -hmm. for the plain and simple reason of ease of transition, when players get called up uh, to to the show, then they allegedly are supposed to transition more easily into, into the NHL lineup. So um, yes, you are absolutely right. Things that are going well in Montreal, you'll see the same successes happening at the AHL level and things that are suffering horribly on the ice in Montreal, you'll see those same issues crop up in Laval as well. And that's because, you know, even though Joel Bouchard has, has tried to say, Oh, you know, this is my team. I coach my team. That yes, that's true. Uh, he's, his coaching style is all his own, but um, you know, in past years, Sylvain Lefebvre has told Rick and I to our faces in interviews, uh, you know, no, the, the, the AHL affiliate always plays Montreal's system. So they are playing Claude Julien's system in Laval as well. Yeah, that makes sense. And, like, another thing, though, that I've noticed is, I mean, they, they don't really have that star power. Like, I know last year they had those big scores. They got rid of Terramina. They got rid of Terry. Like, I mean, do we have that type of player on the team who can put up the numbers <laughs> well you know that's that's the thing right they had adam cracknell they had chris terry who was the ahl scoring leader last year mm-hmm. on a team that was next to last in the standings at the end of the season they had the player who had who, who was scoring the most and he didn't even play a full season because he was injured for about a month wow. um and they had guys like Matt Tarmina, same same kind of thing. So they had all this firepower that they got rid of for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and all of that was firepower that also, um, as a side note, was all really good leadership quality for in the room as well. 
So that's a kind of a double head scratcher for me. So in its place, they bring in guys like Kenny Agostino, Michael Chaput, and of course Byron Fraze is back in the mix again. Hey. And these are guys that <laughs> our favorite are hey, <laughs> finally Byron gets to take Fraze, the captain. He actually <laughs> maybe gets to be captain this year. Yeah. So yeah. you know, who knows? <laughs> um, so it seems you know Agostino and Chaput. These are guys. Sure, they've cracked an NHL lineup here and there, and and maybe had some sustained time in the NHL. But at this point, they're they're solid AHL guys. Um, they're veterans. They score. Um, I don't know that they're going to put up the kind of numbers that Cracknell and Terry were putting up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess fingers crossed that they do. Um, but at the same time, why not just keep Chris Terry and Matt Tarmina and Adam Cracknell? So <laughs> we'll see what happens right now. Byron Fraze is leading the team with two goals and two assists for four points in four games. Um, not bad. Not bad, um, <laughs> but that's to be expected. And he's playing on the third line. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> I think there was some head scratching moves. I not signing some of those guys, the Matt Taramina trade. I, Found but, some things to be a little head scratching. But do you guys think that they're kind of getting rid of like the more veteran guys and trying to in like they're trying to install that youth movement? Yeah, but then they AHL go just well? like Amy said. They go and bring in a guy like Chapu and a guy like uh, Agostino, who's Ag- you know. Agus- but yeah, could, those are all. They, that's the same caliber. Yeah, they, pretty they much. Have, but they, they had have, it. Why did they get rid of it? I'm right? not 100 percent sure, but do they have more NHL experience? They can instill that NHL experience onto the younger guys and kind of mentor them. I don't know. I'm just talking. Gibby's just talking with some thoughts here. That's all. <laughs> that's no. That's good. And you know that is that is something that. You know, the veterans on the team who do have that kind of NHL experience, that's part of their leadership role um, is is to provide that mentorship for your youth movement. But at the same time, if you bring in too many of those kinds of guys, then your youth movement is sitting in the press box. And I'm not quite sure how effective the mentorship is when guys like Jeremiah Addison haven't seen um, the ice yet this season. which to me, speaking of head scratchers, is is one that I'm kind of, you know, Jeremiah Addison should be playing, and instead he he has not yet played a game uh, so far this season and, and is not slated to, to play tonight either. Yeah, that one kind of disappointed me. I was high on Addison, but saying all that, what are your true expectations for this year's Laval Rocket? The word I used in our podcast yesterday, uh, Rick and I both used it, and I'm going to use it here again, and that is it's going to be a roller coaster. Um, (laughs) There are going to be times where this team comes out on fire, um, particularly because they have a fiery coaching staff now, um, as, as Joel Bouchard has illustrated. You know, he's, people call him very passionate and very intense. um, And so, He's going to fire up his players and there's going to be times that they're going to come out like their home opener and like the season opener, which were the two games that they won this season so far. And they're going to come out with a lot of energy. They're going to come out, you know, just firing at all levels. They have outshot their opponent in all four games, even though they are two and two. Um, So they're, they're going to come out and, and look really good sometimes 
And then the other half of the time, they're going to look pretty flat, which is what has happened in both weekends that they've played. They've come out on the Saturday, played on on the first night, played really well, won the game, and then they turn around the next day, play the afternoon matinee, and they look like a completely different team, and they can't get the job done. Um, I think that part of it, too, Rick mentioned this yesterday, is the kind of intensity that Bouchard and his staff are, are bringing to the team. The question mark will remain to be seen as to whether or not that energy level for the players at this age, this kind of experience in their in their hockey careers, is sustainable over a 76-game season. Um, keep in mind, this is Joel Bouchard and Alex Burroughs and Daniel Jacobs' first crack at coaching at the professional level. Um, Bouchard and, and Jacobs, of course, coaching at the junior level up to this point. So it's a different uh, it's a different style of player. It's a different kind of schedule, especially with the travel that's involved. Um, so is that kind of energy sustainable for an entire season? We're going to have to wait until April to find that out. So I think there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. There's going to be a lot of things to get excited about, but there's also going to be times when it's just not clicking. Yeah, and hopefully we can see if things start going south that we see the coaching staff adjust too, and, and that, that's what we want to see. Yeah, Amy, yeah. How, how do you feel about the new coaching staff? Uh, have you noticed that they've left an imprint yet? Well, they're certainly noticeable, that's for sure. Um, as, as, as I said, you know, Joel Bouchard is, um, you know, the players have commented quite a bit already. He's very... Uh, he's very upfront. He calls it like it is. If he doesn't like something, he says it. If he likes something, he does. Um, we debated this quite a bit on the podcast yesterday as well. Uh, just yesterday, um, this is not the first time this season that this has happened. This happened also in the, the rookie tournament as well. Uh, but yesterday, RDS reported that in the middle of practice yesterday for Laval, Joel Bouchard got very angry at the lack of effort that the team was giving in practice and he cut practice short by about 15 minutes and said, I'm done if you're, you know, and, and got very angry about it. Um, the rocket then put out a, a very angry video clip of Joel Bouchard commenting on why he ended practice, uh, put that out on social media. Um, and so, yeah, things like that, I don't know. That's happened. It's not the first time he's he's really kind of worked over a group of young players this year. Um, so not sure if that's going to be a trend or if it's just kind of an early frustration. But then today he turns around and says, "Oh no, you know they were fine today." And and I'm not quite sure why the media makes such a big deal, uh, you know, about days like that. Well, <laughs> because it was pretty visible. Mm-hmm. Um, and as Rick said. Sure, you know, the players seem very positive on this change in coaching style, but um, what else are they going to say? They're certainly not going to say that they don't like it. So, uh, you know, they seem to be in tune with, with this very intense coaching style, but whether or not it's going to be effective, again, it's, a, it's kind of a time-will-tell kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, with Alex Burroughs there, you know, I think Alex Burroughs coming right out of the NHL um, – will at least be able to be relatable to especially young players. Um, and, and I'm hoping that he 
gives them that kind of, you know, really close to the NHL uh, experience and mentorship um, that they that they feel that they can relate to him a little bit more. Um, and you know, it's it's change. Change can always be helpful, and sometimes you need massive amounts of change to really kind of kickstart and ignite something in a team. And and hopefully, hopefully that happens with with Bouchard and his crew. Yeah, hopefully um, Burroughs and Jacobs can kind of be that calming factor because from what I've seen so far, it does look like he's. He's kind of like a John Tortorella style yeah, he's coach. A hot head, it seems. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, and we all know how how you know pressers with torts can go, um, <laughs> then and how player relations with torts can go, and it's yeah. sometimes it's effective and sometimes it's detrimental to to a player. It's 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 a it's it's one of those things where it's a player by player scenario. It depends on the emotional maturity of each player and whether or not they take things personally or they can take that kind of criticism coming at them kind of rapid fire like that. So, um, you know, especially with young players who are still very much in the developmental stage, you just have to be, you know, aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. Now touching on the players, I know, I know it's a small sample size, but which players have stood out to you in both a positive and negative way? Well, for uh, on on the positive side, there is Charlie Lindgren who continues to be dependable. Charlie Lindgren. Um, Charlie Lindgren was the first to say last year that his abilities are not re- were not reflected by his stat sheet. Um, you know, he was he was minding the net for the second worst team in the league last year, mm-hmm. um, and so his abilities were not what his stats reflected. And that, that is certainly the case had anti, frankly, in my opinion, anti Niemi should not have been re-signed for this year. And Charlie Lindgren should be the one who's backing up Carey Price this season in Montreal. Um, Charlie Lindgren has earned that, that position. Um, He is certainly ready for it. Um, He doesn't have anything else really to learn at the AHL level. Um, So, I'm hoping that he gets to see some NHL action sooner rather than later. Uh, but he's, he's two and one uh, on the season so far with a 2.39 GAA and a 0.875 save percentage. Um, so he's, he's dependable, Charlie Langren. He's mm-hmm. going to do great no matter what. Um, some of the other guys that I think are doing well is um, Brett Learnout again, dependable, solid blue liner, uh, really could have contended for a roster spot were had Montreal not been so log jammed um, with with roster positions. Um, Brett is doing is doing well so far. He's he he hasn't put up any points yet, but Brett's just a really big, solid defenseman uh, who can lay a big hit. He's he's smart with the puck um, and and anticipates plays, and he's really difficult to play against. Um, so he's he's continuing to show um, upside there. And as far as some newer guys that I'm, that I'm liking what I'm seeing so far, uh, Jake Evans and Kale Fleury both uh, have already looked good. Uh, Jake Evans just scored his first pro goal um, in their last game. That was their uh, Saturday afternoon game over the weekend. Uh, He, he had the only goal in that game actually. Uh, and it was his first pro goal, and Kale Fleury has looked very good as well. He's got two assists so far on the season in three games played. So um, those are two guys that that have really stood out for me. Um, You know, it's, as I said earlier, it's kind of predictable that 
the Agostinos, the Frases, the Chapoos, those guys are going to 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 be the ones that are noticeable because they're the veterans who are gonna who are gonna hopefully score all the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, on the perhaps more so far, I've been disappointed side of things. Um, sadly, Daniel Audette has really um, is really slipping through the cracks a little bit. He's playing on the fourth line. Um, and has not shown much of anything. He does, he does not have a point yet on the season. Um, and I haven't, he's been fairly invisible to me in, in the four games that they've played, which is unfortunate for Daniel. He's one of very few, uh, players who are back from last year's roster and, um, just not sure if it's, if, if it's just not the right line mates or just not the right situation or, or what it is there. Um, Vedamo is one of those guys who hasn't done a whole lot yet as far as the stat sheet, but you can see it's there. He makes really smart plays. I'm just waiting to see him break out and, and, and start becoming more noticeable. Um, you know, tonight he's going to be on the fourth line with Audette and Grenier. Um, and again, Lucas Vedemo, in my opinion, should be playing at least third line. Um, he's one of your young prospects that you're trying to develop. So burying him on the fourth line in the AHL is, is perhaps not the best strategy. Um, so I'm hoping to see more from him. And as far as kind of disappointment so far, Alexander Alan and Hunter Shankarik have, have not shown me a whole lot, uh, especially Shankarik, um, could have been a very good pickup. Um, and so far haven't seen much from him at all. So. Again, it's early in the season. They've only played four games, so it could just be a matter of um, lines still needing to find chemistry. As I said, most of this roster is brand new this year. There are not many guys who are back uh, from last year's roster, so it's kind of like starting from scratch on a lot of these lines. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully when we talk to you next, we'll have some more updates, and hopefully you'll have better things to say about these guys. So hopefully they're listening. I hope so, too. <laughs> Hopefully they're listening and they're like, you know what? We got to, we got to step up our game. That's, yeah. that's right. That's right. But it's, yeah, it's, it's not all doom and gloom. There have, you know, I've been, I've been happy to see Laval come out really firing on all cylinders. Uh, uh, they're shooting a lot. They outshot the devils on Saturday, 41 to 15, oh, wow. um, which was yeah, it's incredible, right? They lost that game two to one. Yeah, I think both clubs yeah. have that issue, and I hopefully I find they I hope they find a way to kind of adjust the system to not take as many shots and just take the the higher date and you create better chances. I hope that both clubs well, can learn. Well, that's just it. That's just it. They're both shooting from the perimeter, and they need to they need while they need to shoot from the perimeter occasionally, they need to get into the slot and and create some traffic as well. So. Yeah. I like the goals that are being scored and I like the energy I'm seeing from the rocket. And I'm hoping my biggest thing that I'd like to see from them right now is just consistency. Um, so if they can start to establish some consistency, then, then they, then things could really be looking up for Laval this year, which at this point after last year, anything would be better. <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay. Awesome. We won't take any more of your time, Amy. I know you got a game to cover. Um, so before you go, where can we find all your work? Okay, so uh, I'll do all the shameless self-promotion here for our team. Uh, you can find me on you can find me on Twitter at Flyers Rule. 
Um, and of course, I am the lead correspondent at the AHL Report. So you can find us at the AHL Report. That's where you'll find all of our exclusive coverage of the Laval Rocket. Uh, we also cover the Lehigh Valley Phantoms as well, which is the Flyers Farm team. Um, and you'll also see uh, Chris G, who uh, is one of our All Habs writers as well, um, is also doing Laval Rocket coverage with me this year. So you can find him at at Chris Hab 360. Um, so be sure to follow him, and of course follow at All Habs because all of the work that we do at the AHL Report is, of course, part of the All Habs Hockey Magazine family. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can find us there as well. Awesome. And don't forget to listen to From the Press Box every Tuesday, right? <laughs> That's right. From the Press Box is our week. Thank you. Is our <laughs> weekly um, podcast at the AHL Report. It's hosted by myself and Rick Stevens. And there we dish every week on what the Laval Rocket did the previous week. Uh, a lot of times we have exclusive audio from interviews with the coach and players uh, from our coverage of the team, either home or on the road. Um, and we also talk about just general AHL news and the Canadians' prospects wherever they're playing, whether it's internationally or junior hockey, uh, draft, uh, prospective draftees and things like that. So all of your all of your information about the Canadians and their prospects that's outside of the NHL, you'll get it at the AHL report and from the press box. Thank you so much for doing this, Amy, and we look forward to talking to you again. Enjoy the game. Thank you so much, guys. You too. Thanks so much for having me on. It's always a blast, and uh, keep rocking it. All right. Take Take care. care. Thanks. What if you could listen to what the most decorated Olympic athlete of all time was listening to as he gets focused for the biggest race of his life? What if you could hear what your favorite athlete was listening to while he was warming up catching balls in the end zone, or what that snowboarder was listening to while they were flying 150 feet through the air? What if you could listen to whatever anyone was listening to at the same point in time as them? What if I told you? Now you can. at it again. All right, so the game's going to start soon. We just got confirmation that Alzner is in, Mate is out. So it is time for Quick Thoughts. <laughs> Gibby, are you surprised that the Zamboni still exists and they haven't found a new way to resurface the ice? Is it just a traditional part of the game or sh- that shouldn't be changed? Um... I don't think it should be changed, man. Like, when you, growing up, you always loved that fresh smell right after the Zamboni just cleans the ice, and you're, everybody's tapping their shinies with their, with their stick, ready to go on the ice, and you know the rule. You can't go on the ice until the, until the <laughs> doors close from the Zamboni. It's a, it's a tradition. 
You can't can't change it. Now, I mean, you can possibly make an like it an innovation of a, of the Zamboni, but I think the concept of the Zamboni shall never change. Yeah, I just sometimes you think it's like, oh, there's bad ice conditions tonight. It's like you would think that now this long down the road that they haven't thought of something that just like comes <laughs> from I the was, bottom. I was trying to a think robot, of robot like I something. To, I was trying to think of something. I really I couldn't think well, of anything. Well, we're not scientists, so we would never <laughs> you can't think of anything that will help. Yeah. But I somebody could. out there can. Maybe I'll get rich off of it. You never know. <laughs> Snowblower. There's something out there. <laughs> There's something what out there. What a snowblower! I don't know what it's not. They would destroy it. <laughs> um, okay, now if you were an NHL coach, give me a secret weapon drill that you would run in practice that a you think would drill? produce maximum results. Like something that you think that NHL players don't do. It's like a secret play. What what would it be? Like the flying V type thing? Is that weird? Something talking? something along those lines, like a secret weapon play. Uh. Yeah, let's go with the flying V, just because it's like a it's like a tradition. Like back on the, the tradition. Flying V, come on, man, be realistic. Uh, come on, get find that inner coach in you. A trick play. Uh, can we do like a like? Okay, a you want me to go first? Yeah, go okay, first. Okay, so mine is listen. You got a fast guy on the ice. You 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 get him to kind of cheat a little, uh-huh. and just as soon as your defenseman has it behind the net. Let that guy takes off, ice the puck, like just throw it up in the air, ice it. Your guy skates down, and has control, an and call. somebody comes streaking in. Yeah, the icing gets not called. if he beats him. Not if he beats him to it. Yeah, that's questionable. It's not. It's not a no touch. It's not no touch if he beats the guy to it. So that would be my trick play. My trick Come on, play. Think of something. My trick play is gonna be a one guy in front of the D man. <laughs> just and then just no sorry two guys in front coach of coach Gibby two guys in front of the guy in front of the puck carrier and as soon as they're about to cross the line boom they both split he gains zone and you got two options right on the on the uh, the boards and uh yeah they set up and boom bada bing bada bing yeah, bar down i don't think i don't know if that's uh that doesn't sound too accurate yeah it is what it is man <laughs> That doesn't sound like it's gonna work. It would work, man. I don't know. I Yours don't know. would end up in an icing. Mine. <laughs> okay, would be we can, we have no time to do uh, around the NHL topics today, so we'll do that next week. Uh, let's just do a quick fantasy hockey update. So week one happened. Uh, grab my Pekka beat Alsner's Ulcers eight four. So Gibby beat me eight four. Yes. Team Domi Nation domination won nine three against Max Drill World. Hellborn Habitant won six four against I know what I'm drewing. Bergie's fourth liners won eight five against Montreal Rehabs. Pasta Primovera lost to Rags to Riche seven four. And Girl Lafleur, our very own Girl Lafleur, won seven five against Attitude Era. How you drewing? Won ten to three against Forever Canadians fan. Mm-hmm. And you know what time it is now, Gibby? What time is it, Lewis? Weekly Sports Picks. Weekly Sports Picks. Weekly Sports Picks. We suck at picking oh, them. Oh, wow. So, Gibby, you went one and one. Mm-hmm. You said, uh, first of all, there should be an asterisk, asterisk oh, here because you chose I, the wrong game. No, but time out. <laughs> I wrong didn't choose teams. the wrong game. I you chose said Buffalo-Boston, right? Yes. And what was the teams that played? It was Edmonton-Boston. Okay, we're going to review this next time uh, Lizzie is on, and we'll see if that counts as no, just a, but an overtime on. win instead. But hold on. But hold on here. As soon as I noticed it, 
I called myself out on but it. But it, it, it was when the game was happening already. The game so was already the, almost the, the, done. Puck dropped already. So and we'll, I said we'll it review was it. The I'm going to give you the point. I said it was the third. I'm going to give you the point for now. We'll review it. So you won that one for one. You said, you said uh, Boston would win, right? So Boston ended up winning either way. Yeah. Okay. Minnesota versus Carolina. You said Minnesota 2 nothing. You lost because Carolina won 5-4. I said Minnesota versus Chicago 4-2. to um, They won 4-3. to Close. So I got the win. And then Winnipeg versus Carolina. I said 5-1. They won 3-1. So I went 2-0 this week. Lizzie went 2-0 as well. She chose Pittsburgh to beat Vegas 4-1. They won 4-2. She chose Nashville to beat New York Islanders. They 3-2. They won 5-2. So she's five and one. I'm three and three, and you're two and four. You need to pick it up. No. Lizzie's picked picks this week. Two Saturday games: Columbus versus Chicago. She says Columbus three one, and Boston versus Vancouver. Boston four to three. Who is your new picks? Okay, so I am looking at the schedule right now. It is confirmed the Thursday game. <laughs> Thursday. Okay. Thursday. 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 Gotcha. Boston versus Edmonton. Okay. I'm taking Boston 3-1. Okay. And then the Saturday game, it is the St. Louis-Toronto game. It's the return of Bozak. I'm taking St. Louis 3-2. Bozak has uh, has two points. Okay. And me, I'm taking Washington versus Florida Mm -hmm. 4-2. Okay. Uh, Let me just double check. I don't know if that's the Saturday game. I believe that's Friday. Check the schedule quick so so there's no uh, Which one? mistakes. Which one are we looking at? 19. Yeah, so Washington, where's Florida? It is Friday. Friday. So I'm taking Washington 4-2, and then I got a Saturday game. Uh, it's going to be Anaheim versus Vegas. I got Vegas winning 4-3 at home. Okay. All right. All right, guys. So uh, we're going to go get ready, have some uh, beverages, and get ready for the Habs game. And uh, it's a jam-packed show again. Next week we'll get to uh, around the NHL news. Yeah. And, uh, Thanks for everybody who listened. See y'all later. Bye, have a great time.